Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Tales podcast, the show where we talk about Texas history and enjoy ourselves a cocktail or two. I'm Ryan. And this is Tracy. Why don't you pour yourself a drink and join us for what we're sure will be a stimulating, partially factual Tales About Texas. Spooky season, man. Here we are. I am a big fan, as we all know, of this time of year. Halloween. And Halloween, baby. I'm, I'm ready. I'm pumped. So I have uh, a good one, I think, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. I don't think it's one that either of us really have heard of before, but it's a lot of fun. So I think it kind of fits and it's a good it's a good addition to the spooky season for for this year. Cool, I'm pumped. Emily Morgan Hotel. Have you been there? Have you heard of it? No. Okay. I haven't either, man. And so I actually started looking at this and everything about this to me just screams spooky. Okay. One from the architecture, it's got gargoyles. It used to be a hospital. It had like a psychiatric ward. You know, it was an operating hospital for like 50 years in That's, San Antonio. That does not sound like the type of hotel that I want to go stay at. No. Well, That's, actually, it kind of does because I want to go there for the spookiness yeah, of it. You want to be scared. I want to be scared. I want to experience it. It's in the shadows of the Alamo. I mean, it's literally right across the street from the Alamo. I literally just want a good night's sleep. You want to be petrified. I want a good night's sleep, like, let's say, 364 nights a year. But one night a year, I'm willing to go experience some spooky. So, in 1924, two gentlemen, one by the name of G.M. Nix and the other by Ralph Cameron, built the first ever skyscraper west of the Mississippi River. The final design was a 13-story tower dressed in Gothic Revival architecture, gargoyles, Ooh, it's gotta be scary. And what was really interesting to Who me incorporates gargoyles in their architecture. I don't know. Maybe they just dug the the Gothic revival, man. They were just all about it. I don't know that that necessarily is in keeping with the Spanish aesthetic that is San Antonio, but I've seen pictures of it. It's pretty sweet. The gargoyles, interesting note, all kind of have like ailments. So they're building this 13-story tower to, I guess, serve as a medical arts building, essentially a hospital. Okay. And in doing so, they uh, incorporate these gargoyles. And like the gargoyles have like toothaches. So like they're holding their mouths or they're holding their stomachs like they have like stomach aches. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's the whole hospital motif in the gargoyles. So they kind of built in some humor, I guess, into the architecture with the gargoyles having specific ailments. The other really interesting piece of architectural design, I guess you can say, with this building is that it has a a triangular design uh, because it's built on essentially a corner. It's, I think, called like the flat corner in San Antonio. And uh, like I said earlier, it literally is across the street from the Alamo. Okay. Okay. Uh, And it's supposed to mimic, if you've seen, I think we've all kind of seen the photos of the iconic uh, New York City Flatiron building. Yeah, of course. Right? That was built like in the 1800s, I think. And so it looks very reminiscent of that building in New York. Okay. So it's pretty cool. I picture that. Yeah. Yeah. Another interesting point is that at this time, San Antonio was considered one of the four most unique cities in the States. And so these two gentlemen essentially 
I guess, loved that design. What does of, that mean? I don't know. It was one of the four most unique, unique cities. cities in the States. Okay. In the early 1900s. Yeah. Sure. I think it's probably number four in Texas right now. Yeah. No offense, San Antonio. But back then, I mean, you got to think it was, I don't know, is it a frontier town in the 1900s? Oh, sure. Yeah. It's out there. It's, you know, it's pew pew, wild west kind of stuff. Yeah. New York, Boston, uh, Chicago. Are we, were, so Teddy's already been down here and done the Rough Rider thing. Oh, yeah. That's long But gone. that had to have played into some lore. The Alamo, like it's, it's yeah. got history. It's, it's got the unique. wild west. Right. It's. Hey, listen, don't let don't let Tracy give you grief, San Antonio. <laughs> you keep doing you. Anyways, so it's designed by these two gentlemen, and I thought it was interesting that it was the tallest building west of the Mississippi at this point. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. That and really it, that threw me. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that that I guess in nineteen twenty four. San Antonio was, right, had, had the first the skyscraper. First skyscraper. Mm-hmm. I mean it's thirteen floors. But right. it's still tall at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's an architectural marvel. <laughs> right. So, again, as I mentioned earlier, this building was built to be the city's first medical arts building, which essentially is a hospital. It said that it was able to house 100 doctors and their 400 office staff comfortably inside the building. It's a big building. And it was a hospital, operating hospital, essentially for, I think it was like roughly 50 years. So, it was like 1924 to 1976-ish. And then there's a break. And then so from 1976 to 1984, it's like an office building, right? There's like a little 10-year period where it's something different. And then 1984, it becomes what we know as the Emily Morgan Hotel. Okay. Okay. So now it's been retrofitted to be a hotel. Now, at this point, you might be asking, some folks might be asking, who is Emily Morgan? Well, I'm going to let you know. We're going to do a little deep dive here so you kind of have a context to the namesake of the hospital itself. The infamous... Emily Morgan was a free woman of color, originally from Connecticut. At 20 years old, she was contracted to work for James Morgan. She spent her contracted time working for James Morgan in Morgan's Point, Texas, which is right next to LaPorte. Okay, so just outside of Houston. Yep. Uh, And she worked for him as a housekeeper. She wasn't there very long when on April 16th, 1836, Emily was kidnapped by the Mexican Calvary. She was handed over to General Santa Ana and marched to the Mexican camp that was at Buffalo Bayou. I thought I knew that present name. Present day Houston. Absolutely. Yes. This is a very famous story. This is, right. Basically, the Mexican army, just about six weeks prior, had fought the Battle of the Alamo. The Alamo had fallen. And then they basically came and... Yeah, uh, that's the Great Scrape. They now are camped at Buffalo Bayou, just, you know, what is present day Houston. And they're essentially just regrouping at this point. She's kidnapped on April 16th. She must have been a good looking woman to get kidnapped. Yeah. So apparently. That's my assumption. Yes. So apparently. She, By Santa Anna. She was half black, half white. Okay. It wasn't just her that was kidnapped. It was her and I guess a, a few other folks that were working for Morgan at the time. But she was specifically taking herself to Santa Anna. So yeah, I assume that she was probably pretty good looking. On the morning of April 21st, 1836, General Sam Houston and the Texan Army rout the Mexican Army at the Battle of San Jacinto in just 18 minutes. Yeah. Right? So about less than a week. That's right. uh, That she's in the capture of the Mexican Army, that this happens. It's rumored that during the battle, that Santa Ana is actually taking a fancy to Miss Morgan. 
Told you she was probably good looking. And was with her in his tent at the time that the battle took sure. place. Yeah. Sure. He was having a, air quotes, siesta. Right, right. With so Miss you can, Morgan. You can essentially fill in the blank at this point. Right. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of different thoughts of what's going on during this time period when she's in his tent. And whether or not she was working for the Texan army or, you know, if she fell into the hands on purpose or what the case is. I personally think this is super fascinating. I think it'd be really cool. You know, I, I don't know that anybody will ever know the actual facts as to what happened and how she ended up in that position. But I think it'd be cool if somebody actually flushed that story out and did something with it. I've Whether actually it. researched it before and there's some contradictions there. So it's either she's half black, half Mexican. Mm-hmm. So she was... You know, she fancied the Mexican army, mm-hmm. right, from her roots and her heritage. I've also heard that she was half black, half white. Right. And then she was taken hostage because that would be a, you know, a typical type story of she got kidnapped rather than going on her own. Yes. Um, so I think I think it's kind of like we we don't know. We don't know. Right. So essentially you fill in the blank as to what's going on during that time period, those 18 minutes. You can't deny that it had a huge impact on probably the outcome of the Battle of San Jacinto in that 18-minute interval, right? That uh, worked out well for the Texans. It was a very impactful siesta that Santa Ana was taking. It was. It was. And so that's what makes her infamous, the infamous Miss Emily Morgan. It's believed also that the song The Yellow Rose of Texas was written about Miss Morgan as well. Kind of a derogatory term, probably of the day. Right. It's a fantastic song. But again, people don't know necessarily that it is written about her. They believe that it might be. So again, there's gray area there. Mm -hmm. All that to say, that is the person that the hotel is named after. Okay. Okay. So it's the Emily Morgan Hotel. Question. Hey, man, where'd you get that sweet Texas swag? Answer. Independence Trail Retail Company. Independence Trail Retail Company is a premium brand retail company headquartered in Houston, Texas. Our faith, along with our heritage, are at the core of who we are as a company. Guided by these core values, we aim to provide high-quality products that tell a story and testify to the richness of our shared history as Texans. Over time, we will continue to add quality products in a wide range of categories that will include men's and women's apparel, glassware, leather goods, decor, and accessories. For now, go check out the website at www.independencetrailretail.com and treat yourself to some sweet Texas swag. Hey guys, ever want to feel like a kid again? Well, we've got the answer for you. Introducing E-Riders, the first adult single-person electric vehicle. These things are badass. Yes, they are electric, but crazy, powerful, rugged, sleek, and can travel 12 miles on a single charge. Whether you plan to cruise around the neighborhood in style, ladies, hit the beach, or quietly get in and out of your deer blind, like I do, these fat tire scooters are the way to go. No tax, title, or license required. However you plan to use them, pick up one today. Support E-Riders, a Texas small business. That's E-R-I-D-E-R-R-S.com. That's right. Two R's in E-Riders. Financing available. Go pick up one today. Now we turn back to the hotel itself, and we'll talk about the ghosts of the Emily Morgan Hotel. You know, one thing that's really interesting is she's kind of a little-known figure in Texas history, mm-hmm. and I think that's today. But I feel like if you're naming a hotel after her, at some point she was probably pretty pivotal in Texas history. Like, people knew the lore or the the uh, story of her. I think that hardcore Texas history buffs. Texas history Like buffs. ourselves. Yeah, right. I think that people that are entrenched in Texas history probably know the name very well. 
So anyways, the ghost of the Emily Morgan Hotel, why you are all here. Ooh. <laughs> it's rumored that floors 7, 9, 14, and the basement are the most haunted floors in the hotel. Now remember, there's 13 floors. They'll say that there's 14. Because but, of the basement. Yeah, exactly. During its time as a hospital, these floors served as a psychiatric ward, a surgery level, a waiting area, and a morgue. So we're going to go through basically the different floors right now, real quick, and what people have seen. If I had my bets, those would be the most haunted levels, I would think. Yeah, it makes sense. A morgue? Right? Yeah. What was it? A psychiatric a ward? A psychiatric that ward? That never turns out well. I mean, the waiting room? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the other ones... I bet you there's some spirits there. I'm curious if the waiting room, like, I think you and I think of the waiting room as like, you go to the emergency room and you're, you're like waiting to go see somebody. I think the waiting room in this context is more of like post-op. So like you've had an operation and then you go up to, I think it was 13th or 14th floor. But essentially I think it's like where you go to like, wait, wait <laughs> and, see the, and figure out what the outcome is. Okay. Yeah. So the number one thing that people talk about with the 14th floor is that the smell of the 14th floor is acutely reminiscent of a hospital. Today? Today. So if I go stay there and yes. I'm on the 14th floor, it's going to smell like formaldehyde or something. Whatever they use, bro. It's supposed to like, yeah, I don't know. Like, okay. Gross. Yeah. Grossness. I mean, I mean, I don't, who knows what a, what a hospital in the early 1900s. I'm going to go out and read TripAdvisor and see if they're confirming the, <laughs> the smell of the 14th floor. Guests reportedly also have witnessed opening doors to hallways, and when they open the door to the hallway, they see scenes from old hospital-like rooms, like, I guess, nurses and doctors and patients in the hallway, and they say that they'll close the door and open it again, and, and the apparitions vanish. That's they don't crazy. see it again. Yeah. The 12th floor was the operating floor. On this floor, bathroom doors uh, constantly open and shut. On their own, there's sounds of water that come from the bathroom. So whether it's dripping water out of the faucets, whether it's bathtubs that sound like they're filling up with water on their own in the middle of the night, guests have reported where they'll get up out of bed to go to the bathroom to turn the water off because they're worried that it's going to start overflowing. Once they have worked up the courage to get out of bed to go basically turn the water off in the in the bathtubs, they go into the bathroom to find that everything's dry, that there is no water that's pouring. There is no water that's dripping out of the faucet. They also have witnessed apparitions of nurses pushing rickety gurneys down the hallway on floor 12. Wow. Yeah. On to the elevators. The elevators apparently go up and down on their own. Doors will close and refuse to reopen for hours. And then the elevators oftentimes will take guests all the way down to the basement on their own and open up. Interesting, interesting side note on that is the basement is actually closed off to guests. So it really is only supposed to be able to take employees down to the basement. But wow. these elevators essentially. Whatever spirits it needs, it's just going to take them down. They're taking them down up and, and down. opening up and saying, here you go. So the basement level was the morgue of the hospital. So for whatever reason, these elevators are taking folks down to the basement level to what was the old morgue. Obviously, down there in the morgue, they housed a lot of dead bodies during the time it was a hospital, and they also did a lot of cremations. So, again, it's talked about the air is super thick down in the basement, and it, there's an overwhelming stench. Not always, I guess, to be 
to everybody, but certain people, they claim that there's a, a really bad stench in, in the basement level. Employees have said that they see glowing orbs from time to time. Orbs are always a key of hauntedness. Yep. And disembodied voices down in the basement as well. Disembodied voices. Yeah. Which is essentially just hearing things. Yeah. That's voices not attached to someone. (laughs) It's just a voice. You don't see the person. (laughs) Like if you went around the corner and said something to me, I'd be like, that's a disembodied voice. I just heard Tracy's voice, but I didn't see him. The seventh floor is rumored to be the most haunted floor of the hotel. And it's also known to be the home of a ghost bride. Nobody knows who she is or why she's on the seventh floor or why she's never left the hotel. But guests oftentimes talk about seeing a ghostly bride. They talk about hearing shrieks up on that floor. They see ghosts that go through the walls. And then they've also reported times where they are looking at their own reflection in a mirror and they'll see an apparition next to them. Whoa. Yeah. I'd freak out. I would not deal with that. that. I know. So real quick, I'm looking at TripAdvisor. And the Emily Morgan San Antonio is owned by Hilton. Yes. Hilton Doubletree or something, right? Yeah, it's a Doubletree Hilton. And I was kind of giving it grief, but it's got 4.5 stars, which is excellent. It has really good reviews. And I haven't seen a review yet about hauntedness. So I looked up earlier couple of reviews. I didn't spend too much time on it, but one of the reviews that I came across did talk about hauntedness. And it was a, I guess, a gentleman staying in a room with his daughter. They woke up at 3 a.m. to the sounds of what sounded like a ravenous animal that was locked up in their closet. And when they went, when the dad went to open up the closet, there was nothing there. Huh. And so he laughed it off and said, that's really fascinating. He went back to sleep, but he said his daughter didn't get a wink of sleep the rest of the night. I believe it. Yeah, that was actually one of the reviews I saw. And they've got valet parking, a pool, a bar slash lounge. They've got a restaurant. Yeah, and I don't know if this is true or not, but one of the things that I read talked about how the pool actually has some of the old hospital gurneys were used, like melted down and used to make the lining or something within the pool. I don't know if it was like part of the rebarb or not, but there's <laughs> there's basically a thought that that has something to do with some of the uh, hauntings that take place. Can't help. Yes. Anyways, uh, back in 2015, USA Today ranked the Emily Morgan Hotel the third most haunted hotel in the world. Not USA just in Today? Texas. USA yeah. Today is pretty reputable. Right. Not just in Texas. They they ranked the Emily Morgan the third most haunted hotel in the world. So that's something. That's substantial. Yeah. And year after year, obviously, the hotel finds itself on lists of spookiness near and far. It's a beautiful hotel. It looks really I cool. just looked it up. So from a location standpoint, too, it seems like it's really cool because you're right next to the Alamo. There's a lot of things to do that are close by. The Riverwalk. Right. Right. So if you fancy yourself a night of fright, go visit the Emily Morgan Hotel and tell them Texas Tales sent you. Ooh. Cheers, brother. Cheers. All right, friends, that's going to do it for this episode of the Texas Tales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. If you'd like to keep up with us outside of the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at TXTalesPodcast, or you can visit our online store at www.independencetrailretail.com for all things Texas swag. I'm Ryan, and that's Tracy. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.